I can see, you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in to another edition of Buff Coat and Beaver, a Beavis and Butthead podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Clay Cunningham, and you know what? By the time you've tuned into this one, I'm confident that this will be the number one podcast in the U.S. of A. Now, I can hear some of our listeners out there now like, Clay, did you join the band Go West? Because you sound like the king of wishful thinking right now. (laughs) Yep, you you find a dream and talk it into an existence. That was a long way to go for a stupid bit, but you know what? I regret, I regret nothing other than you know. my choice of co-host. Speaking of which, here's my co-host, Adam Kurtz. Oh, oh that thanks. Was, that Clay, was a I mean shot. That, I'm sorry. Know? No, I, uh, you know what? I'll get over that joke. I know I will. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're coming I'll out. And I tell myself... I know I will. (laughs) I think you mixed up some verses there, but I don't care care because the passion was there full force. We are back with another episode this week, the penultimate episode of our second season, and we are going to dive in to perhaps the most well-known segment, bit, character, whatever you want to call it, of of Beavis and Butthead. Uh, We're going to be talking about Cornholio with the episodes of The Great Cornholio and via con cornholio but this is one normally we just jump in but uh this one i think requires a lot of backstory adam uh because this i think if there's one thing people know about beavis and butthead i would say it is it is this character um i'm gonna i I got a little information here i don't know who out there's listening doesn't know this stuff but uh just some background uh the great cornholio is i'm reading from wikipedia uh the hyperactive alter ego of beavis in the animated television beavis and butthead when Beavis consumes large quantities of sugar, caffeine, and other stimulants, he will begin to exhibit symptoms of convulsions and gazing cross-eyed at his own feet. Uh, when a Spanish-sounding word is spoken or mentioned, Beavis undergoes what appears to be a total personality change. And Beavis, when he does it also, uh, he raises his forearms to a 90-degree angle to his chest and pulls his shirt over his head and uh, screams a lot. Uh, Adam, there's a lot to say about Cornholio. Uh, just before we get into uh, what are your thoughts on the character? I think he appears five times throughout the series. Am I am I wrong there? Not you, including the movies. Well, here we go. I actually I have a list here. Uh, his appearance, his first appearance ever was in the episode Generation in Crisis. Although it was not an official Cornholio episode, he just at one point just put his shirt over his head and said that, just like kind of a one-off joke. But he made his his de- official debut in the Great Cornholio. Was also in Screamers, although that's a cheat because that's just one where he puts his head over his shirt. He never says, I am, Cornho- I am Cornholio. But uh, in addition to that, he's in Butnicks. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Love this title. The Halloween episode, Bungholio, Lord of the Harvest. Um, was also in Beavis and to America, Viacon Cornholio, and Holy Cornholio. Um, a lot of those are kind of gimmick episodes. I think the ones we're discussing today are just sort of more just general ones where he kind of works in where it's not like Halloween or just like son of a special one. But back to it, Adam. Yes, your thoughts on the character at large. Uh, I li- it's, it's a Beavis showcase. I think Mike Judge had a lot of fun doing Bungholio. Cornholio, excuse me. I, mm. I think he enjoyed... 
how could you not? Um, my thoughts on the character, it's, it's, I think it's very funny at times. Um, you know, you, you get it after a couple. Uh, but I do, I do enjoy revisiting again. And I think if you, if I had the vocal talent to create characters and creativity to, you know, dive into that, it had to be fun to, to do. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a Cornholio fan. It's, I, I agree with a lot of you say this might be a bit of a controversial statement, but like, I don't love the character. Like, I don't hate him. Don't even dislike him. There's always, yeah, like you said, there's always stuff good, but it's always kind of, I mean, there's always going to be, I am Cornholio. There's always going to be, I need TP for my bunghole. Always, are you threatening me? And I know Beavis and Butthead by nature is kind of repetitive, but like, I don't know. It's just kind of, yeah, it, it's a little, I sometimes find like you know i kind of get it and this is i mean this is maybe my snobbish beavis and butthead fanism <laughs> but like if i say like i feel like and you've probably been through this too like you say you're a fan like if somebody responds by with that by doing the cornholio impression i always kind of feel like yeah let, let's talk about something else it's the so to equate it to music it's kind of uh you're a big fan of an artist and then somebody just can only name the hits yeah, and That's, then officially, I hate that band forever. Yes, yeah, so you you're you have to be counterculture to uh, um, what uh, everybody knows the show for. I get that. I mean, I I do get that. Uh, where are you? Well, you're you're not a true fan. It's I don't know if it's like even true fan. It's, it, I mean, there's part of it is just yeah, because it's like you know sort of played out. But I mean. I feel like I've probably heard more people impersonate Butthead's laugh, too, and I don't really get sick of that. I That's that's a huge part of the show that I love, but it's just, eh, I don't know. But, you know, maybe there's there's probably more to talk about in these two episodes. You're um, the Beavis and Butthead fan police, though. Yes, you are policing uh, uh, yeah. who hey, is hey, a real uh, fan and who isn't. I didn't get this podcast by accident. I'll just say the, 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 force, the powers that be knew that I was the person yes. to be the gatekeeper. But uh, you know what? I think you know, we'll, we'll get more opinions out here now that we're going to start talking about the episodes. Let's talk about uh, The Great Cornholio, which was not the, I, the, not the first actual appearance of, the, of him, but the first kind of official episode. Aired July 15th, 1994. It was the 31st episode of Season 4, written by Christopher Brown and Mike Judge, directed by Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan. Uh, the synopsis... Beavis adopts his alter ego after a sugar rush. Adam, we've got some sort of character stuff out of the way, so the episode, Great Cornholio, what are your thoughts? So, um, I'll dip into Wikipedia says, now it's Wikipedia, of course, which I think is underappreciated, honestly, but mm-hmm. it's the first time Beavis transforms into Cornholio, so maybe yes. the full uh, Wolfman moon comes out the hair comes on transformation into cornholio. Um, it also says this episode was originally titled Breakfast Burritos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wish they would have used that, actually. Well, that, that comes into play because the boys are at uh, Stewart's. Uh, they, they're going over to Stewart's house because they've heard Stewart has diarrhea, Yes, which is uh, <laughs> great. Um, when it's confirmed... By Stewart's mom, they laugh hard and, of course, make the raspberry noise. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> as you do, <laughs> that's great. But uh, Stewart can't eat the breakfast burritos, and the boys think their uh, actual burritos are disgusted to find out that they have 
scrambled eggs and, and breakfast goodies inside. They start uh, ravaging like kind of like raccoons would throughout the uh, kitchen. Yeah. And uh, Beavis, of course, finds the junk, junk food in a cabinet, goes nuts, and transforms into Cornholio. Uh, well, they, they, they he starts going nuts. I guess you could say he doesn't really transform. They they show him into Van Driesen's class where he's starting to convulse, if you will, and then mm-hmm. uh, then he uh, hears. I think I, I got to go with. Uh, I don't know if he heard a Spanish word there, but uh, Van Driesen was talking about capitalism or something, and then he mm-hmm. eventually put Nicaragua on the board, and uh, that uh, got him going. And Butthead truly enjoys the uh, the consumption of sugar and the transformation into cornholio i like butthead's reaction to this he really is you know says it's cool and Mm. uh beavis actually starts going nuts and walks out of the classroom which butthead enjoys even more um he wanders a hall goes into another classroom which clay could dive into our lives again where um (laughs) us being idiots i unrelated uh, I think we planned something similar, in which I think at least I myself apologized to the teacher many years later. Um, and I believe we got sent to the principal, at least sent to the hallway. Um, but yes, you busted in. Can you tell me, Can you you had a Cornholio-like experience yourself where you busted into uh, a classroom and did some sort of like robotic-like noises. I- I, I don't remember the specifics, but like the what I do remember actually seems in hindsight like it might have been highly insensitive to Asian Americans. <laughs> I thought it was more of a robotic noise. Okay. I, I, I won't toss you under the you're okay. a racist bus. Okay. But yeah, you busted in and you made some robotic noises and robotic like movements around a classroom and then were. <laughs> And the most easily, you were reprimanded so easily. Yeah, I, I, if I remember teacher. correctly. Didn't I believe I sat down and he just said, "Clay, what are you doing here?" And then I just left. If I, remember. <laughs> I think he kind of, uh, you kind of gave him a juke at the door, but yeah, yeah, really yeah. bad story that we enjoy. So apologies yeah. to folks at home, but yeah, would you would it, would it surprise you to know that that kid went on to live with his parents until he was twenty seven years old? <laughs> Oh, well, fun anyway. trip down memory lane. <laughs> well, uh, by our Beavis, as Cornholio goes into the girls' restroom, luckily no one's in there. Uh, he goes into the Spanish class. He's told to go to the office. McVicker, though, um, he, he kind of calms down. He's coming off of the Cornholio high, and uh, but he's eating some mints, and he actually apologizes to McVicker for the d- disruption. And McVicker is... He's uh he's touched, and he actually lets Beavis go, but and rewards him with more candy, and you guessed it, therefore snapping him right back into Cornholio after the timid uh, secretary to McVicker. <laughs> You're gonna go right back to class now, aren't you? <laughs> and then just boom, um, right in that moment, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it's uh, I this is this episode's fine. Cornholio's a good character, and I think we are kind of jaded. And we've seen this, and we've talked about this beforehand. You see this episode a lot. Um, it's referred to a lot. So you, maybe some of the edge and the funniest is taken away. I'd really like to see how I'd react seeing this for the first time. I I, I think I 
would have enjoyed it. I probably did enjoy it much better the first time seeing it or even just clips of it as a, as a younger person than I am now. I don't remember my initial reaction, but, um, and you know, this might seem odd because of what I said earlier, but I actually, because I was a little uh, critical, I, I do like this episode. I, I, I think there's a lot here that, that is, is worth uh, admiring. And the, I think the fir- as the first thing is the animation of Beavis's, I guess, transformation, because it just, like, it's this pantry just, oh my, like, so full of, like, cookies and like like pies and pop tarts and everything just the way that he's like pushing it into his mouth it is just so spastic it's just a great piece of animation that um you talked about like you love um, how much fun it would have been to, to voice the character but just like the look of that just had to be so much fun to animate um that's fun stuff and i like too um just a lot of little small things because I, I I think this is my initial reaction like, it almost felt like they were speaking for the audience because they went to Stuart's house and Beavis is like, why are we at Stewart's? And because I remember um, in the episode Prank Call, where um, they 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 called the house after the phone and got shoved into Mr. Stevenson's butt, and we said that we liked it. But we were like, would they have really called? You know. So I was like, yeah, why would they go to Stewart's house? And then Butthead says, oh, I heard he has diarrhea. I was like, oh well, yeah, <laughs> that checks out. Um, but in addition to like you know you mentioned the Nicaragua thing, how that incorporated into his speech. Uh, a little thing too with uh, Miss Stevenson saying that she was going to give Stuart some TP, which was you know, you know the, sure. the catalyst for yes. I need TP for my bunghole. The line that is uh, you know, well well ingrained into Beavis and Butthead lore. Kind of another side note too. Um, I remember uh, in the Taint of Greatness, uh, which is you a know, documentary that we reference all the time. Uh, Christopher Brown, who wrote this episode said that this was partially inspired because he read an article that claimed that a lot of sugar consumption doesn't impact kids' moods. And he's just like, what? That's ridiculous. And um, yeah, Van Driesen actually references that in the classroom. <laughs> also of note, uh, who who was there in the hallway while Beavis was roaming? You didn't mention. Oh, yeah, the janitor, the, uh, the, the crazy, crazy farmer. farmer guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Either that or... or his twin brother is that one theory, which, but once again, if that's your theory, kick the kick, <laughs> kick rocks, <laughs> pal. Yeah. But um, one thing is worth, I, I think it was really fun to dive into. I really like that ending in McVicker's office because I think this is kind of a glimpse of we don't see Beavis without Butthead very often. Um, and we see it here. I mean, First of all, he's actually compliant when the Spanish teacher tells him to go to the office because he's sure, just kind of yeah. rambling and he's just like, oh, oh yeah, okay. And you know, Beavis, um, he's not well. Like he's mentally unhinged, and he's also, you know, kind of like just sort of a follower. So like he has these problems, and like obviously he's always kind of following the lead of Butthead, who just doesn't care about consequences. But he's not intrinsically like mean like he's not like a a specifically cruel person and i think there's just that little bit when uh, mcvicker's just talking to him about how he can't do it and he's actually like apologizing yeah sorry about that while he's shoving candy in his arm and that's kind of a small little glimpse into there's ever so there's just a slight amount of kindness in beavis that does exist that you don't get to see very often i think it is fun to kind of get that for what feels like literally five seconds because yes, he was eating candy again. 
and it sent him into another spastic bout. But um, that I thought was kind of the more more interesting part of the uh, of the episode. You know, you go back to him not being well, and maybe both of their upbringings uh, obviously being poor. When Stewart's mom asks if they've had breakfast, I believe Beavis says like, "Yeah, maybe twice." ever (laughs) so Mm -hmm. obviously their nutrition is poor as well so um yeah upbringing and and uh problems maybe stemming from no parental guidance uh all right there were some music videos clay to this one there as always there were yeah but this was a three-pack uh we had riddles are abound tonight by sausage naughty naughty by danger danger and whip it by devo any highlights for you Adam Edward Kurtz. Um, Sausage is a Primus, I guess it was a Primus lineup from a specific year, 1988. Mm -hmm. Um, They reunited. Uh, That video was fine. Uh, It was uh, Butthead referring to them as some sort of uh, being that crawls into butts. (laughs) Because Beavis said, isn't this Primus? And then, uh, no, Bud had called them uh, some specific term. It was a uh, seminiferous tubelodial butt noise. <laughs> yes. I just enjoyed in this one that uh, Beavis finds out for the first time that there's no light in your butt. And mm. um, that <laughs> he he asked Budhead well, how the turds see their way out, which Budhead says they can see in the dark like bats. <laughs> yeah, um, I wrote that so, down too. That was... Yes, very dumb. And uh, Danger, Danger, that was a super creepy video. I don't know if you paid attention at all. Like, silhouettes in the night, which is yeah. fine. You know, there's always silhouettes in 80s hair bands. Uh, but then there's, like, a telescope that he's spinning around. Like, like he'd been peeping through these winds. What the hell is this? Uh, but that, thankfully, got changed into Devo Whip It, one of the all-time great one-hit wonders. And uh, they're excited about Devo being on the TV. And uh, we got to hear... Not only a Ross Perot impression from Beavis, but he sung Whippet as well. So I'm yeah. a big fan of that Whippet video. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, you covered almost everything I had written down except the one was uh, I did love in the uh, the Danger Danger video. Butthead's the the full reaction is like, damn it, if this is Bon Jovi, I'm gonna whoa, and like the whoa was right because he saw a silhouette <laughs> of a woman taking her top off, just didn't miss a beat, like he was so pissed and then just immediately horny, um, but yeah, I, I really did uh, the the Ross Beavis doing Ross Pro anytime, yeah, I I love any like sort of like squealing Beavis voice work that Mike Judge really w- brings out in these videos, um, it, it's. That's always right up my alley. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And it's just a, a weird kind of of the times pop culture reference there. But uh, anytime we get any sort of impression from either one, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, and uh, was uh, got Ross Perot a couple times this season because he was also the basis for uh, for Clark Cobb. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's dead, right? Didn't Ross Perot die? I believe so, yes. Okay, well... His his legacy lives on in Beavis' life. One of them calls himself Butthole. The other one's name is Joe, I think. And uh, what did these boys look like? I believe they were Oriental. Welcome back, part two. 
Buff Code and Beaver, a Beavis and Butthead podcast. Um, this is normally where I do a pre-approved bit, but uh, I didn't write one, Adam. I just have, if you'll see, I just have a string of X's here that was supposed to be a placeholder for the bit, and um, I didn't write one. So, um, well, like, uh, what uh, uh, a, a string of X's. What is this? Like a porno? <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, I don't get no respect. Uh, well, I think not only... Did you show you the the audience at home can't see the X's that you put there? They didn't see the middle finger that you displayed at me when you were counting down on this, <laughs> and this has really soured my mood on this entire oh. episode. Oh well, well I'm I'm sorry, but but it is your turn to talk, so I mean hey, I hope you right. can be a professional and, and and bury that down. Well, just to spite you, I'm not using IMDb to describe what's going to happen in this episode. Yes, I'm. I'm turning to my my source of info, Wikipedia. Yes, sir, you heard it here first. A Wikipedia three for this episode. All right. So, uh, Via con Conholio. It is season seven, episode two, episode one sixty two overall. How about that fact? I don't think IMDb had that fact, did they? Uh, I. I... <laughs> I guess not. Wow. <laughs> I, I love the war that we're starting with IMDb here. January 26, 1997 was the, when this was released. Beavis turns into Cornholio due to drinking a large amount of Burger World's new caffeine-laden drink, Volt Cola, parentheses, a parody of Jolt Cola. A man from the immigration department arrives and mistakes him for an illegal immigrant, and Beavis is deported to Mexico. Clayton. Um, yeah, I'm a little mixed on this one, but there's definitely some good stuff. Um, I'll, I'll definitely start, at, like the first one, my favorite part is the, uh, the, the quote-unquote transformation scene when he is just shotgunning this Volt Cola, which, as you mentioned, is a parody of Jolt, which, by the way, did you ever drink Jolt Cola? A couple of times. I think it was pretty gross. I was more of a surge guy. <laughs> I, I don't ever remember. I mean, I still to this day drink a lot of Mountain Dew, but I vaguely remember. Here's another story from our childhood. Um, we actually, like, your family went to the Kentucky Kingdom uh, Amusement Park. Yes. And I actually, you invited me to go with you, and I remember the first time I ever had surge was on the drive home from Kentucky Kingdom to Remington, Indiana. And, God, I don't remember it, but, man, your parent, with us drinking that, your parents must have just wanted to throw us out of the van. (laughs) Yes. There's a Jim Gaffigan bit about dads on vacation, and uh, I thought of that, that specific vacation, immediately upon the joke. So, yes, hats off to them. Oh, God. But, um, anyway, yeah, he drinks, and he's just, like, yeah, he's shotgunning it until he's eventually just, like, you know, you know, sucking it on the uh, up against the empty nozzle to where the, like there's literally nothing. And I know um, I, I don't know if you ever worked like you know with these machines though. Um, once the drink is gone, it just releases this like gross syrupy substance. <laughs> so um, I you know um, part of me wants to throw the animators under the bus for not knowing that, but I'm gonna say it's outright possible that Beavis just sucked it dry to where even the gross syrup was gone. Which, by the way, that is literally the nastiest thing I've ever drank. So Now, hold on a second, Clay. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm going to rebut you here. Okay. Now, so the syrup can run out, and then it's just fizzy soda water. 
just the carbonation, which is equally gross. Yeah. It's the combo of the two. So was there a white substance? That... Uh, it, we mean like what Beavis was drinking? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it looked like it was so just like... So maybe he was just drinking this, the, I, I don't know the what carbonated was, but... water, which is just as gross. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's just like, it's just a really like sort of fun way to animate like a manic episode and um and it does like yeah as he does this and you know he's doing the cornholio shtick in the back when an immigration officer yeah comes in talks to beavis he just hears him spewing out like you know like stuff just like talking about lake titicaca and all that and just like he, he assumes that he's a an illegal, an illegal immigrant uh, to the point where they get him. Like they're trying to determine where he was once they get him into the station. And I love that they determine that he's Mexican because, quote, the little bastard devoured my taco and burrito combo on the oh, ride yes. over. That was probably really fun. <laughs> so I, I love that the guy said, oh, definitely Mexican, even though Beavis is the whitest looking dude you could ever imagine. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, ultimately he gets uh, sent to Mexico and uh, kicked off the bus where he's like literally annoying all the other illegal immigrants um, on the way out. But um, it's just kind of like, like I said, yeah, I don't have a ton else to really say because there's, I mean, I just kind of, it's just, I feel like there's only, there's only so much you can do with this character. And again, it's just, it is an odd complaint because a lot of Beavis and Butthead is repetitive, but a lot of that stuff that, uh, like, you know, I always laugh at, hey, baby. I always laugh at a lot of, like, the immature chuckling and just, like, you know, the, the are you threatening me? I was, I was just like, okay. It, it feels a little, I guess, kind of obligatory, I guess. I, I don't know if, that, if my judge felt that way, like he had to do it. But, like, yeah, the first one I do think is sort of a fun introduction. Here it's just like, yeah, it's, it's like any Cornholio episode. There's some funny stuff, but it's kind of like, yeah, like, I mean, I feel like I'm being super divisive here, but I'm just like, yeah, I, I, it, it's fine. I get it. I, uh, you know, I, I, I do have a different take. I, I think, I think we're maybe you're not building on the character at all, but I, where I, this is what actually this episode made me think of. Mike Judge enjoys doing the character more because of the more. Do you have? <laughs> The the he has more things to like rhyme and, and that Beavis hears and then takes rhymes or he's just rhyming with Olio, um, mm-hmm. and when the immigration officer you know asks him ask if he has any ID, do you have any TP? You know just yeah. the response like that's, yeah, I that's, think, that's pretty clever. Yeah, I just think he has fun doing this, and uh, some of the lines I'm kind of referring to. I didn't write them down, uh, comp- like, word for word. But uh, you can take me away, but you can never take my bunghole. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, where I come from, we have no TV, but f- for we have but one bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the immigration officer uh, also just saying, we'll take care of your bunghole. He's Bungholio, it'd be bad for my Bungholio to get polio. Like, I think he just had fun uh, saying Bungho. It almost, yeah, it almost felt, almost felt like an. I don't know that this was improv, but it did almost feel like, yeah, there was maybe a bit of a feel of like they just put Mike Judge in a sound booth for an hour and just said, yeah, do whatever. Maybe loaded it up on Jolt Cola himself and just uh, (laughs) did. Go to town. You know, I, I also want to take this time. I don't know why I thought of it in this episode, but 
Beavis and Butthead are the only ones drawn with cartoonishly large heads. Everyone else looks yeah. normal on the entire series. I was trying to think of, like, who else really looks like a cartoon? Like, none of them look like people. But you know what I'm saying? Like, most yeah. of them proportionally are drawn. Why do they have such giant heads? Uh, I think well, I think we talked about it. Because I remember, I believe it was... Uh... Uh, murder site at the end, like as you talked about, one of your favorite parts was when Beavis was in that lineup, and it was all just guys with regular heads, <laughs> yes, and you just yes, gotta. Because I, I do think, yeah, I, I think there was always a point to like make them so distinct. Just like the cop, the cops were. I, I don't know. I, I think I was looking at the immigration officers and just thinking that. So. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I do think that is like a deliberate sort of like a way to make them stand out. It's. It's. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound like I. I dislike the episode. It's just like, yeah, there's almost every Beavis and Butthead from us. So that at least has something to admire. It's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I mean, I'm, I'm open to getting angry emails or whatever for people telling me that I'm, I'm being too harsh, but just kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly lukewarm on, on Cornholio as a character, even though I didn't even dislike any one of these episodes. Well, I'm going to play the other way. I like our fans. And the show, unlike you, so okay. Cornholio is my favorite. Okay. So I'm sticking with that. And Clay, I wanted to. I, I know you didn't want to discuss it on air, but you really wanted to use this episode as a platform to launch into a whole bit about how you wanted to abolish the Immigration and Custom Enforcement Agency, right? ICE, you well, want to abolish? Well, that's um, yeah, that's I think something like we're working on like a Patreon exclusive thing. Uh, oh, like eventually, okay. it's not like people really need. I mean. My, my my viewpoints on these issues, I mean, I can't give them away for free. They're very complex and very challenging. So, um, yeah, they sure. Yeah, I'm so sure if, if, in, if anybody wants to give us money, then I can read a Wikipedia <laughs> article or two and just kind of spew that back. But um, uh, music videos, Adam. It's uh, Blues another, Traveler. Yeah. Run well, around. What do yeah. you think? Well, it's well. First, uh, this is another. I mean, we're back in season seven, so we're. It's another one where we just have you know one episode or just one video, and it is a repeat. This was initially run in the season five episode, tired. But I will say, as far just the video itself, I don't think that I'd seen this video in maybe twenty years, and yet I feel like I could remember every frame of it. This <laughs> song was everywhere in like nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety five. And um, I, I vaguely remember, you know, the the weird, um, not Alice in Wonderland, uh, Wizard of Oz, yeah, kind of feel to it. And then just find like, oh, but Blues Traveler's not actually singing. They're backstage and these better looking guys or whatever. But um, mm -hmm. the one thing that um, stood out to me, this is another one, uh, like they made notice about how uh, Dorothy in this video was hotter than the one in the actual Wizard of Oz movie, and it led to a discussion about old ones, and I, I already mentioned how I love Beavis doing, like, squawking sort of impressions, and it got another one. I don't want to do it myself, so uh, this is going to be another one. We're going to play the clip uh, from Runaround. Oh, right. I didn't... Hang on. We have to cut some of this out. It was... That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't think Dorothy was this hot in the movie. <laughs> Chicks were all like ugly and old in times. It was like really messed up. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why old dudes are like all cranky and stuff. They're like, back in my day, you'd hardly ever get wood watching TV. Oh yeah, it was rough. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> just oh, just that he. God, Mike Judge is so good, and just. That's a little bit of him just like doing sort of like the Anderson homespun Americana corniness, but you know, with the Beavis and Butthead immaturity talking about wood. I just, I, I, I love that voice work. It is a little bit of Ross Perot in there too. Just, uh, yeah, that was that was my favorite part. I, uh, you know how you know. I think I've come a little ways from this original stance I had, but I, I used to just I could not stand the harmonica. Couldn't stand it. I remember. And I enjoyed Butthead's opening line of, he's playing a toy. <laughs> a little, <laughs> little sideswipe at a harmonica. So I think that's the only thing I had to get in there. But uh, what's, your, what's your stance now? I've softened. It's fine. It's okay. not an absolute hatred. So okay. Well, uh, yeah, one, one of my heroes is a notori- probably the most notorious harmonica player of all time. So. Alanis Morissette? Yes, Alanis. Uh, uh, sure. Did she play the harmonica? Oh, come on, dude. Hand in my pocket. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the other one's flipping me the bird, right? Yeah, paying yeah. me back from earlier on. Okay. Uh, Adam, best episode. What do you got? I'm going via Con Cornholio. I enjoyed that one better. I thought there were better Cornholio quips. Um, I just enjoyed that one better because uh, you can take me, but you may never take my bunghole. Okay, well, and uh, well, that's uh, I, we're gonna have a split this week because I actually am gonna go with the great Cornholio. Um, I think you know, even if I don't love the character, I think this is a very well written episode, and I think it's a very good job of kind of introducing, you know, just all the twix and, and doing it kind of organically. I I I had forgotten that the TP thing was actually something that he heard from Mrs. Stevenson, which I thought was kind of a really cool kind of like you know. I appreciate write the seeing the writing process kind of evolve that way, and um, yeah, uh, that's uh, that, it I, is I'm kind of a it. it's kind of a superhero origin story, uh, uh, <laughs> which I always say they're in the Marvel universe. So I'd love to see Cornholio join up with the Avengers, but we got the origin story today, you know. Yeah, so. that's uh, well, I, well, they remake everything these days. I'm sure they're gonna get to that one. Yeah. Uh, now I'm the old man that Beavis and Butthead were right. just making fun of. But, um, well, uh, we have reached the end, and we've, Adam, we've only got one episode left. But bef- uh, before we get to that, uh, let's give the contact information. As always, you can reach us by email at buffcoatandbeaverpod at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at uh, buffcoatandbeaverpod, and at, and we're on Twitter at Butthole and Joe. And uh, we've got just one episode left left this season and it's going to be a little bit of a different one instead of talking about two episodes we're going to discuss a little film that came out in the year 1996 that film is of course multiplicity starring michael keaton and andy yeah, mcdowell yeah finally <laughs> oh that's the one we everybody's been wanting for no i kid of course i've, I've never even seen multiplicity i don't believe but uh, we were going to be talking about Beavis and Butthead, Do America, the film released in December of 1996. What do we think? Well, you'll have to wait and find out. But uh, thank you, as always, for listening. I'm Clay Cunningham. That's Adam Kurtz. Adam, say goodbye. So long, everybody. Until next time. Thank you.